0: How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. ...with Staffy on SENZ.
1: Just getting Nigel up on the phone now. Um, (laughs) Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Ray. Gets me every time. Driving home for Christmas. I don't know that one. We might have to seek that one out, Sam. Note that down. Driving home for Christmas. And uh, Rory's joined in. My grandma got run over by a reindeer. Now she lives in a granny flat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's good times. Uh, Joining us now, let's go and talk some rugby. We have an hour netball with Grace Neckie in studio. Wonderful to have her in studio. But the great man, Nigel. What a gentleman he is. Nigel Yeldon joins us now. G'day, Nigel.
0: Hey Steph, nice to chat, buddy. Long time.
1: Yeah, long, long time. Um, let's kick off with what's been in the past. The, that black ferns. Um, I, uh, we just had Grace Weckie in the studio, and I asked her about her reaction to it, and she just just filled up with joy and emotion. And that's what it's done to New Zealand, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, it has. I mean, it, it, I mean, you just—I well, was lucky enough to be there on Saturday night, and you—you you did. You just felt the emotion, you felt the pride, you felt the joy. Uh, all of those the, the gambit that was run. Um, just just absolutely oozing out of the stands and coming straight back at you off the field from all of those associated with the Blackburns as well. And I think in you know 10, 20 years' time there are going to be people who when those anniversaries pop up mm. you know on Facebook or you just you know the old radio chucks it on and plays a few highlights and there'll be people who' will be saying I was there, I was there. I was part of that that particular night. And it's going to be immense pride for, again, those on the field, but those in the stands as well, I think, will feel a great deal of pride for having been involved in something very special, not just for the Black Ferns, not just for the Rugby World Cup, but for just sport in general.
1: Yeah, the person I was watching with, I just said this, we'll, we'll remember this very moment, this very moment that full-time for the rest of our life, it's it's a Bahrain all-whites type moment in in New Zealand sports history. Uh, The All Blacks, what a muddling old season they've had. They've meandered their way through a few really good performances and too many not-so-good ones. In your mind, Nigel Yolden, you've been involved in this game a long, long time. The importance on this New Zealand-England test, the last one of 2022.
0: Well, I I think it's the same same as any final test of the year for the All Blacks. They, They want to finish with a win. Now, if they were to finish with a win, what would that be? Staff, help me out here. We're talking seven straight to finish off the season? Yeah, I We think, started yeah. off, you know, very poorly with test a, a T-Series loss to Ireland, um, a, a, a significant loss to South Africa in South Africa, and then from from that, they bounced back, but then there was the loss to Argentina. Since that time, though, while yet the, the performances haven't been anywhere near as clinical as, I think, most New Zealanders and most rugby fans and especially the All Blacks themselves would have liked. They're getting the wins. And I don't think we could have said that about the team we saw in the first half of the season. Mm. I think they get into situations like the one they faced against Scotland. I think most people were going, well, here we go. Now we're going to lose to Scotland for the first time. But they managed to get their way out of it. And I think that's what, if, if you're looking for positives from the All Black season, they have figured out way a way to win games that Maybe in that first part of the season, they may have actually lost. So, yep, it's important because you always want that that last game, because the old cliche, you're only as good as your last game, and to think about your last game being a loss for six months before we get to see you put on that jersey again, that will really stick in the craw. So I think it is significant. A seven-game, A seven-test win streak to end the season is a massive positive for Ian Foster and his team to be able to hang their hat on. Uh, and they can go away and refresh and prepare for World Cup year, I think with a, I wouldn't say a massive amount of confidence, but enough knowledge to know that they can win these type of games. And remember, to get to a World Cup, you got to win at least two decent ones in your pool play and then three big ones in a row.
1: Are we, the New Zealand rugby public, maybe too harsh on the All Blacks' performance? Because as you rightly say, they've strung up wins in a row, but um, in this job here, we hear daily that, yeah, they won, but it's still not good enough. Are, are we too harsh, and is that we've we've made them victims of excellence for so long?
0: Um, I think it's a combination of yes or no. I I think this iteration of the All Blacks is a combination of things. Uh, one, the fact I think the vast majority of the New Zealand rugby didn't get the coach they wanted. I I think they genuinely wanted Scott Robertson. He's an incredibly popular man. And that's not poo-pooing Ian Foster, who, Mark, as you and I both know, is a hellishly nice bloke. Mm. But we ain't going to see Ian Foster breakdancing at the the end of a game when they win. Scott's got that real charisma, that real personality. He walks into a room and, and the place lights up because he's in their presence. I think that's part of it. I think that highlights the criticism as well, particularly as Scott Robinson kept winning competitions with the Crusaders. That's one. I think COVID hasn't treated New Zealand rugby very well, although the Blackburns have shown that you can rebound from that in a very short period of time. Um, And the other thing too is that the fact is, is that the performances haven't been to the stand. They haven't been to the standard that we would associate with the All Blacks. Now, Part of that is because margins are so much smaller now in terms of the difference between teams. You can see some quite big margins in a game and you actually go, did the other team play that bad? It's because the margins, I believe, between a good and a bad performance are, are less and less. Um, and surprisingly, that means we haven't seen as many tight games as what I would have thought. Um, but from my point of view, I, I think, yes, there are those people who are being ov- overly critical of, of the team and their performances but I think there is still some genuine reasons to be critical and some facts that you can be critical of and the consistency of, of, of some players is, is part of it we see them in brilliant in one week and then sort of go missing a little bit the next week but again I think that steadily improved over the course of the second half of the season so
1: Um, Ian Foster um, the expectation well I think the team that he names and we'll find that out tomorrow is in his current mind his best team Um, the big conversation points for me is who starts at 2, who starts at 6 and who starts at 12 Um, Ian Foster's going to pick his best team that's in his mind surely for this one
0: Yep, I believe so. So do you want me to work through those three numbers for Please. you? Please. In order? Somersone Takiaho uh, earned the spot. I think he's the clear number one hooker in New Zealand rugby at the moment. I think he has surpassed Cody Tater. That said, I love the way that Cody has rebounded from a little bit of a form and maybe a confidence blip mm-hmm. after what happened against Argentina and Christchurch. I like the way Cody has rebounded. I would start Somersone with Cody on the bench. And I don't mind that as a combination of... We've seen that work well in the past, there. When a, when a young Dane Coles usurped Kevin Mialamu and then Kevin became the finisher and did a great job at that, as well as being the kormatua of the team. So I, I, I don't mind that dynamic. I think you start Somersone with Cody off the bench. Six is Scott Barrett. Mm. I still don't think that neither Shannon Frizzell or Rekete Iwani has really solidified and said, hey, pick me. I'm the guy for the sixth jersey. You bring Brady Ritalik back in at lock, you shift Scott Barrett to six. I think Scott Barrett is still the steadiest and most consistent option in the number six jersey. And then when you go to um, number 12, it's Jordy Barrett. Again, I I think he has shown that that's his spot. He's a guy who loves physicality. Wherever he plays, be it on the wing, be it on fullback, he goes looking for physicality. So give him that opportunity. I I think he's the starting 12. I think you pair him with Rico Iwani, and you put um, Anton F. Brown on the bench. But I would also concede, Staff, that there is a definite possibility you could start Anton at 13 and shift Rico Iwani out to the wing if you wanted to.
1: Rico doesn't want to, though, does he?
0: <laughs> well, no, because I, I think he is, he's finally shown it. It's taken a wee bit of, bit of time, but I think he has learnt some key aspects of playing that centre position. Mm. Does he pass all the time when he should? know, but he's getting better at that. And again, I like the combination of he and Geordie. Again, you know, Geordie, as I say, doesn't mind the physical stuff, goes looking for it, give him that opportunity. Rico can do, you know, he can can power through you. He can run around you. His passing game is developed. I I think he's actually developed really well. Defensively, he's being far less impetuous and flying up out of the line. So I think his defensive reads of the game have been a lot better. Um, So I, I would go there. But that said, look, depending what you want to do in the fourteen jersey, you know, if you want to push to go out you could. If you want to give Mark Tele another shot, you can. Utilize Anton off the bench. There's actually a lot of options to go. But to answer your initial question, twelve is Geordie Barrett and I think that should be the position they try to utilize him going forward.
1: Nige, brilliant to have you on. Appreciate your insight, your balanced opinions, uh, but very forthright with them too. And uh, that's why we got you on. Really enjoyed catching up. Nige, let's not make it so long next time. Prediction. Score prediction. Give us a score prediction.
0: I don't do score predictions, but I like New Zealand to finish out the season with a win. Uh, I like the English team's developing though, Stan. Mm. I've got to say that. Eddie Jones is good in a four-year cycle. And... I look at some of those young backs he's bringing through. In particular, you look at the likes of uh, Freeman and Smith. Marcus Smith impresses the heck out of me. Um, we haven't seen uh, Henry Arundel, which is a shame because of injury. He's a talent. He's he's sneakily added a lot of nice young parts to that established English group. I think Eddie's got this team tracking really nicely, building towards the World Cup next year. But I will go with New Zealand in a, in a close one to get the job done and finish twenty twenty two on a bit of a high.
1: Good enough for me, Nigel. Great chatting.
0: Always a pleasure, my Go well.
1: There he is, Nigel Yaldon, wonderful voice of rugby. Uh, very reasoned uh, opinions there. We'll take a break now, new sport and weather, and we will come back. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.